We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we have a 49ers NFC Championship game lost to dive into. But first, in better news, we're brought to you by Cooperage. I feel bad associating Cooperage with an NFC Championship game loss, but it's just a reminder that, hey, not everything's bad in the world right now. Cooperage is still around. You can go visit the brewery. Maybe you're on your way there right now listening to this. You can go visit the brewery and hang out. The vibes are great. The beer is good. They're always going to have a good food truck for you. And maybe you get home and you want to get more, or maybe you can't get to Santa Rosa to the brewery, log on to cooperagebrewing.com. That's cooperagebrewing.com. You can order a case. They'll send it right to your door. You get beer right in your front doorstep. It's the very best way to acquire beer. I'll tell you every time, and I mean it every single time. Cooperage Brewing. Shout out to them. All right, let's talk football. Blue Wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. has got him and a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. Quick pass caught by Kittle. He dives and he's in. Touchdown 49ers. It's such a bummer. Like that game was just a bummer. Just from a not even a like remove the, the 49ers aspect of it. Like just remove the teams. And just go, hey, this is what the matchup is. You're thinking, man, this is going to be an awesome football game. And then you watch how the Eagles go down on the first drive and they convert a ridiculous third down where A and completes it to AJ Brown right before it hits the ground. And then they get that ridiculous fourth and three, uh, quote unquote, completion to Devontae Smith, which we learned later was not a completion, but it was called as such a 49ers don't challenge. And the Eagles score. And it's like, man, they scored, but they really had to work uphill to get there. And then you get the Niners. Cruise down to the 50. It's like, man, the Niners are moving. This game is going to be as advertised. And then Brock Purdy gets hurt. And it turns into something of a week to preseason game. That was a vibe. It, it, it turned an NFC Championship game into a preseason game feel. And that sucks. Like for, like I said, removing the 49ers even from it, just from a football standpoint. Yeah, I mean, it's... These were two teams that I thought were super evenly matched. Yeah. Like, super talented, stars all over the field. Um, quite easily the two best teams in the NFC. And with Brock Purdy getting hurt, we were robbed of seeing what a full 60-minute game would have looked like. Um, and yeah, it sucks. It was, you know, there was so much hype. It was so, it was such a difficult game to sort of prognosticate because like, you know, the talent is pretty equal, but there were certainly matchup issues that you could dive into and it was all just rendered moot. And it was like, all right, Brock Purdy's out. And that to me, like once he got hurt, the game was over. Like we can hand ring about Kyle Shanahan, not throwing the challenge flag on Devonte Smith's catch and, um, and you know, 
Josh Johnson fumbling and all that. It's like, no, the game was over. Like they're, you know, the, they're, the analysis is to me that the 49ers getting to that point is pretty ridiculous, right? Like pretty amazing that with their third string quarterback, they went as far as they did. They won two playoff mm-hmm. games with a seventh round pick playing in his first season. He's Mr. Irrelevant. And while he was playing, they had arguably statistically the one of the best offenses, if not the best offense in the entire NFL with him running the show. And you think back to last year and the 49ers run through the playoffs, they were winning games despite their quarterback play. I thought you can make a case that their quarterback play was better this during these playoffs and that Brock Purdy gave the 49ers an upgrade over Jimmy Garoppolo. And in that sense, I thought the 49ers, this version of the 49ers, when healthy, was the best 49ers team that Kyle Shanahan's had. And that's largely a function of just the offense being better and the quarterback being better. But that was all taken away by the injury. And then, you know, like the Niners weren't going to win this game with Josh Johnson, their four-string quarterback who they signed off Denver's practice squad in December. They weren't going to go beat arguably the best team in the NFL on its home field in the NFC championship game already, you know, already in that position. So, yeah, I mean, people are, I mean, I I don't, I don't really care what people are saying on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) People are like upset with Kyle Shanahan. It's like, man, if you zoom out and look at the rest of the league, you're, you really have first world problems right now because there are some teams that don't even have a head coach, let alone one who could even get you this far with a third string quarterback. Um, I don't know how many, how many NFL head coaches could get a team to an NFC or a conference title game with a backup, let alone a third stringer. Um, but get there comfortably. Yeah. Right. Like, and be fate. Like there were, there wasn't any, like during the stretch, it was like, Oh, the 49ers are still very much a juggernaut. Yeah, it wasn't like, oh man, they're just piecing this thing together and and you know getting kind of lucky and all that. It was like, no, they're playing at a high level. They're still a juggernaut, and so, so it's it's really really hard to win the Super Bowl. That's why the Super Bowl is what it is. It's so hard to win it because the league's so competitive. The line between being good and being bad is so thin in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And that's that's ultimately why it's the most popular sport in America is just because you're on a razor's edge the entire time. Mm-hmm. And the Niners just got to a point where they couldn't overcome losing their third and then fourth string quarterback. And like, I don't think it's a scenario where it's like, OK, change has got to be made. I learned nothing big picture about the 49ers. <laughs> in this game. Right. It was just a bummer that this is like the game that we're looking forward to pretty much all year. Like, Oh man, hope the Niners play the, play the Eagles. And then it's just like, Oh, Brock Purdy's hurt. This is, this is a blowout. Right. If this game happened in week six, if this exact same game happened, it would be like, man, quarterbacks got hurt. What are you going to do? But because it's the NFC championship game, there has to be some larger big picture thing. And I just don't think that's the case. I understand frustration. I understand being upset. And are there things Kyle Shanahan could have done differently? Yeah, Absolutely. The challenge on the first drive, for example. Like, that was a play to me. Challenge it. <laughs> Especially since they went into the half with all three of their timeouts. Yeah. But that was, a, that was a play to me. It's like, challenge it because the risk-reward, burning a timeout in that spot, is well worth the potential reward of... Or the risk of burning a timeout in that spot is well worth the potential reward of overturning that play and getting your offense the ball. Especially in the first half. Yeah, like the the defense got off the field and they were not rewarded for it. And instead, the Eagles get a touchdown. And that's not even hindsight. Like, that's just, that's that spot. He should have challenged it. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the game. That was not what lost the game. Like, was it a bad thing from the game? Yeah. Was Tyler Croft blocking Hassan Reddick a, a bad aspect of the game? Yeah. But there's no, like, big picture Kyle Shanahan can't win the big one or the 49ers are flawed in some fatal way. I don't I don't see that. I saw a game where things went sideways for a really good team. And let me tell you something, just real quick. <laughs> the reason this is, I think, so frustrating is had Brock Purdy stayed healthy, the 49ers were going to win this game. 
the Eagles went for 3.4 yards per rush. They ran for 148 yards, but they needed 44 carries to do it. And then, I'm sorry, it's technically 42 carries for 150 yards. Gardner Minshew kneeled out twice to end the game. But then Jalen Hurts wasn't great either. 15 of 25 for a buck 21. That's 4.8 yards per attempt. He didn't throw a touchdown. Like, the Niners' defense was really, really good. And they ran out of quarterbacks. It sucks. Yeah, the defense was good for three series. And then I think a lot of people would be like, oh, the defense didn't play well. They gave up 31 points. It's like, well, they're playing opposite an offense that is doing nothing. Like, that's what complementary football is. That's like why why complementary football is such a cliche because you need it to at least be functional on offense for your defense to be in a position to succeed when your offense literally does not have a quarterback capable of throwing the ball, no matter how good your defense is, it's going to be in a bad spot. Yeah. The Niners, the Niners had 164 yards of offense. They're like, they had 500 against Seattle, 312 against the Cowboys, which is generally like a down game. Arizona, 311. They had 454 against the Raiders, 371 against the Commanders, 308. They like they had less than half of their usual yardage. Yeah. Just because like it was a function of losing your quarterback and then losing his backup and literally not having a quarterback capable of throwing the ball. Yep. So, you know, like I Sure, blame the defense for penalties. I I thought people going after the officiating, sure, there weren't great calls, but that's not why the Niners lost. Right. And like, I really, the only, the only, uh, on the, on the drive that led to a touchdown where the Niners had three penalties, only one of them in my mind was, was questionable. And that was the Jimmy Ward one. Um, Mm -hmm. The Mooney Ward thing was a pretty clear foul, I thought. Uh, the T.Y. McGill thing was a pretty clear foul. I guess you could argue that he was being held um, before he grabbed the face mask, like whatever, like you could call holding on every play. You know, I, I, I'm just I'm not super interested in litigating the officiating in this game because it wasn't like if the officiating if the officiating is a little bit different, the game's maybe a little closer. Right. Do they lose 24 to seven instead of 31? Right. Like I'll even get points off of it. Maybe it's 24, 14. Right. Like it just there were once, especially once Josh Johnson went down, especially once he went down. Yeah. There were no combination of realistic things that were going to happen that were going to get the 49ers the 20 points they were going to need to win. Yeah. Or however many they were going to need. Yeah. And I thought you could see it on Kyle Shanahan's face in his post game press conference. And I know some of the writers wrote about it. Like, Shanahan saying that this one hurt more than the others like indicates how good he thought this team was and how unfortunate it was to really just not even get a chance to win the game. And like, you know, I know some weirdos will say like, oh, you're just using the quarterback thing as an excuse. It's like it's not an excuse. <laughs> like we we talk about quarterbacks so much and we talk about the draft so much and everything about roster construction so much because it's all about having good players well when you don't have your good players it's not an excuse it's just a fact it's like it's like you know the 49ers got where they are because they have good players if you lose your good players then that's just something that's going to make it more difficult to win like excuses whatever i it, it's a weird thing hey do you NFL know what fans. an excuse is do you know what an excuse is sure. the officiating that's an excuse <laughs> yeah it's saying like, it's rigged. hey hey playing with a quarterback that literally physically can't throw the football is just that that makes it impossible to win. You just can't do that. Yeah. It would be hard enough to win like the Falcons game in early in the season. Right. I think that was early October. Like that would have been a tough game to win without a quarterback that could throw, let alone the NFC championship game on the road in Philadelphia against a team that, was arguably the best team in the NFL all season. So one, one thing I want to, one of the critiques I've seen of Kyle Shanahan is that they weren't creative enough. Once Josh Johnson went down, <laughs> which is okay. Let's Didn't practice it. the quarterback list offense enough this week. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. 
Which, okay, right. Which is, that's the whole thing. Like, when you lose both of your quarterbacks, like, what are you going to do? Yeah. You know? But I I understand the idea. I just want to put, if, if, if you want to say, hey, they should have mixed in some more Wildcat or, you know, done some direct snaps to Debo and just see what happens. Fine. Fine. If that's cool. If you think that the outcome of the running plays would have changed based on whether it was a handoff or direct snap. Okay. But the idea that they could have cobbled together a passing offense with Christian McCaffrey or Kyle Juszczyk taking the snaps, it's asinine. And I don't mean this to be, I'm not saying this to be a dick. Like Kendall Hinton, do you remember him? The Broncos guy. He was the practice squad wide receiver that they brought up to play quarterback. Oh, sure, yeah. Against the Saints. Kendall Hinton, like, actually played quarterback in college. He was a receiver for his last two years, but he threw, like, 230 passes or 250 passes or something at Wake Forest. So, like, an ACC school, D1 school. And he was a disaster as an NFL quarterback. Disaster. Catastrophic. The idea that because Jawan Jennings was a four-star recruit as a quarterback in high school, he could have just stepped in and by the way, he threw five passes at Tennessee and they were all as like gadget plays because he was a receiver his entire career with the volunteers. But the idea that because he was recruited as a quarterback, he could have just played quarterback in the NFL. That's insane. That's insane. Yeah. That's I, like I, saying the best quarterback from your hometown high school could have just stepped into that game and played. Yeah. To me, like the disappointment I get from fans like really should be about just the fact that we didn't get to see the realized version of the 49ers in the biggest game of the season. Yes. That should be the foot that like everybody, not everybody, a lot of people want to do the blame game stuff and it's like, fine, I get it. It's the NFL and and you can do that to a certain extent, but it's, it's sort of pointless in a game where a team already playing its third string quarterback loses its third string and then its fourth string quarterback and then just doesn't have a quarterback who can actually throw the ball like that. I don't know who you blame in that scenario. No, Kyle Shanahan wasn't perfect. Like I tweeted about, you know, the, the long developing play action plays that, and, and, you know, the one that Brock Purdy got hurt on, it was like those plays didn't really work against the Cowboys. And when you're going against an elite pass rush, like you're going to potentially put your quarterback in harm's way with those long plays, because those guys are just going to go after the quarterback regardless. And that's what happened. And Tyler Croft. Yeah. Probably going to lose a matchup to Hassan Reddick. I think the bigger question is not necessarily the play call. It's why is Tyler Croft, the guy that's active this week after being inactive last week in Mm -hmm. favor of Ross Dwelly against the Cowboys. Right. Like Tyler Croft missed some blocks in the running game in the Seahawks game. And then he was the coaching staff was like, all right, well, that wasn't good. We're going to make him inactive. And then this week he's up and he's trying to block a Pro Bowl pass rusher. It's like, I don't I, I would love to know more about that decision. Just having him active and having him be that guy and not right. Not somebody else. But again, like injuries happen in football. I think the the thing that's disappointing is that the 49ers were unable to go down really swinging. I mean, they, right. they I mean, Trent Williams went down swinging, <laughs> but, but, but like they weren't, they, they had to, the, their season ended when they clearly weren't anything close to the football team that we've seen play so mm. well the last three months, basically. Yeah. And I think that's that's the most disappointing part. And it's not I don't I don't think there's anybody to blame. It's just what happens in a sport where injuries yeah. happen all the time. And they were winning that game if Brock Purdy said healthy. I'm convinced of that. I know it I know I can't like say that like for certain, like because we just don't know. Yeah. But no one will ever convince me that they were losing that game. Like Certainly their defense not. is just playing too well. Yeah, the defense the defense was playing really, really well before things started to fall apart. And I do think some of the penalties are probably just a result of like frustration. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Like if you're defending and you know the offense can't do anything and you're playing at a really high level and you've exerted everything that the 49ers defensive players have exerted over these months and years getting to this point, 
to just know in the back of your mind, like being realistic about things, like we have no chance to win this game. Yeah, you're probably going to play a little bit frustrated and you're probably going to commit some penalties that you shouldn't. And I think that's yeah. human nature. Like in that spot with how emotional a game this this was, like that's to me, that's understandable. It's not excusable. Um, and again, I don't think the officiating was as bad as some people made it seem. Right. But, you know, like I don't I don't feel like the Niners. Oh, the Niners gave up 31 points. Their defense must suck. Like, no, no they they limited one of the best de- offenses in the NFL to 269 yards. Like in 95 percent of games, that number is going to be good enough to win. Yeah. The Eagles went less th- fewer than four yards per play. Yeah. Like that's just that's that's not the Eagles average the Eagles average three point eight yards per play with the quarterback who might be or who is by definition an MVP candidate. The right. Niners average three point six yards per play without a quarterback that could functionally throw the ball forward. <laughs> <laughs> that's nuts to think about it like that. Yeah. Yeah, it just man, like yeah, it just kind of sucks, man. Like yeah, they, they they were they were so they were so freaking good all year and just hit hit a wall. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Like I think I'll look back on this and we'll see how the Super Bowl goes. It might be that whoever wins does so so convincingly, they'll be like, oh, Brock Purdy wasn't beating that team. But like I think the Chiefs are probably going to roll the Eagles. I, I like I didn't think the Eagles were super impressive today either. Like I think that's one of the reasons why I thought or, or I think I agree with you in that the 49ers probably win today cuz the Eagles weren't like amazing. Like I thought the Niners did a really good job of yeah, like Jalen Hurts had a lot of time to throw, but I think mm-hmm. generally a lot of that was by design because the Niners didn't want to shoot too far up the field and allow Hurts to get behind them. Like they just right. kind of contained him to the pocket, played sticky coverage. And that was like an effective formula throughout most of the game. Just mm-hmm. things got out of hand. But um, I do think there's a good chance we look back on this in the years to come and be like, man, that that 2022 team probably could have won the Super Bowl had they not just lost both their yeah. quarterbacks in the in the title game. Was it the 98? Was it the 98 team where Garrison Hurst hurt his ankle in Atlanta? I think it was 98. Same kind something, of something around that, yeah. But I think the game, like removing the you know first quarter challenge and all that, I thought the game effectively ended with Josh Johnson's fumble. Yeah, because in that spot, still, like, was Josh Johnson phenomenal? No, but with where they were, with a minute and a half left. And receiving the ball at the at halftime, if he goes out and they hold on to the ball there and even kick a field goal and they're down 14-10 and receiving the ball at the half, like that's a much different game than them being down 21-7. Right. Like that was just a that that to me, like I said, when you're trying to pick apart like individual things that happened, Josh John that's not to say Josh Johnson lost in the game. But when you're looking at like, man, that was a, that was the turning point. It's that play. Yeah. That was when like you thought like, okay, maybe cause even Greg, Greg Olson said it. It was like, at one point he was like, the Niners are fine. <laughs> like, yeah. Like it, like it felt like, like Nick Bosa got spiked on the sideline and Which was hurt. Fred unreal. Warner like left after the second defensive play, probably at a stinger or something. Um, You know, Brock Purdy gets hurt. It felt like just, a cavalcade of just terrible things happening to the 49ers early on. And it was seven, seven after Christian McCaffrey's ridiculous run. Like it wasn't like it felt like it was 28, nothing, but it it was seven, seven. And then the Eagles go score. And then, yeah, like to your point, they would have been in the game had even, even if they just didn't get any points, like seven, 14 going half is way different than down 21, seven. Yeah. Um, And I saw people like, Again, I don't want to do the thing where we like call out opinions we disagree with, but like 
this is the last one. So we're here for it, dude. It's our podcast. <laughs> people, I saw people being like, Kyle Shanahan should have been more conservative and blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, we're, we're blaming Kyle Shanahan because Josh Johnson dropped a perfectly catchable shotgun snap. Right. Like, is that what we're doing? Like, Josh Johnson couldn't have just as easily fumbled a snap from under center. Kyle Shanahan should have called the fight. I I just don't get it, man. Cause like we spend so much time talking about Kyle Shanahan at the end of half scenarios. And I was like, Oh, he's actually being aggressive here. Like, good. Like go, go try to get points. Like you, if you have your four string quarterback in that game, I would much rather you just try to make plays down the field and empower your guy and just be like, yeah, we're going after it. We have, Debo, we have Debo Samuel. We have Brandon. Ayuk, we have George Kittle. We have Christian McCaffrey. Like, let him get the distribute passes to this guy to to his guys and see if they can go get points. I was like, you know, like cool, good, good like good, good by good on Kyle Shanahan by being aggressive here, and then to be like, oh, Kyle Shanahan really killed the 49ers by being aggressive for the half. It's like, what? if Kyle <laughs> what, Shanahan, what in the world? <laughs> if they had, if they had come out instead of a shotgun snap there and just gone like draw play, run the clock out, yeah, we've gotten killed for being too conservative. Yeah, that and yeah. Catch a shotgun snap. Yeah, That's catch it. a shot. It, it's easy. <laughs> Do you want to talk anyway. about the Brock Purdy news that Adam Schefter reported? Yeah, yeah. That's so. So this is the <laughs> here's the next step. So hey, R E the NFC Championship game. My cat's got a lot to say. You can probably hear him in the background. But regarding the NFC Championship game, I've got nothing else to really say. The 49ers that we know and watched all year did not get a chance to show up. Yeah. I thought for the the defense showed out. Did they allow 31? Yeah, but we've talked about why that's inflated a little bit. Um, They were handcuffed by their quarterback situation. And that's, yeah. that's what this game, if I'm ever lucky enough to have kids, when when I'm telling them about this game, it would be it would be like, oh yeah, that was the Josh Johnson game. Like that was the game where they just ran out of quarterbacks. Yep. That's how I'm gonna define it's not gonna be, oh, that was the game where Javon Kinlaw got pushed around on the interior and I don't know how they were gonna stop the it just <laughs> No. They lost the game where all their quarterbacks got hurt. Shit happens. Uh, Brock Purdy, speaking of quarterbacks being hurt, Adam Schefter Sunday evening reported that the 49ers believe Purdy has a UCL injury. The extent of that injury is unknown. He's going to have an MRI on Monday. If the UCL is not ruptured, Schefter reports it'll be a six-week recovery. There's no timeline listed if uh, that is a torn UCL, which would likely require surgery, which once again puts us in a spot where the 49ers season is over and their quarterback situation for next year is, huh? <laughs> That's what I got for you. Uh, I don't know. As soon as I saw the play, I was just like, oh, please don't be hurt. Oh, please don't be hurt. Cause like it looks kind of bad when it happened. It's like to, to try to throw something and then have your arm hit that way. Like I was like, oh man, please don't be hurt. So a UCL injury you and I both have backgrounds in baseball. Um, if it's torn, it could require Tommy John, which if it's Tommy John, I cannot imagine, given that it's the end of January, that Brock Purdy is going to be able to throw at any point this offseason and even next summer and into the fall, right? So there's a decent chance if it's Tommy John that Brock Purdy won't even be available to compete for the starting job and even if he can throw, I couldn't imagine he would be able to throw until midway through next season at some point. And even then, you're like, well, is his arm strong enough to even like play NFL quarterback? So, I mean, people, uh, the, the results of the MRI might be out by the time people listen to this. But if if it's a tear, then we're going all the way back to square one with the 49ers quarterback thing which is crazy to think about because it's been the last two off seasons have been just littered with quarterback drama and controversy and difficult decisions. 
And it felt like even last year with Jimmy Garoppolo expected to be out of the picture that Trey Lance would be the surefire starter. Well, given Trey Lance broke his ankle and played a game in a not even a quarter, I don't know that the 49ers can feel any level of confidence that they could go win a Super Bowl with Trey Lance next year. Like Trey Lance is a giant question mark. He still has mm-hmm. upside, but they can't they should not go into the season being like, yeah, we have Trey. We're good. Um, if Brock Purdy has to, you know, is unavailable because he has surgery on his elbow. So now <laughs> is Jimmy Garoppolo going to be back in the mix? <laughs> it's absolutely insane that given all that happened, that that's a real question now. And now that, you know, Brock Purdy's potentially like I remain my whole thing with Tom Brady listeners to the pod for a while have known that like I sort of suspected Tom Brady would be coming to the 49ers and that thought in my head dissipated when Brock Purdy became a thing and looked like a a real starting quarterback you could potentially win a championship with Mm -hmm. well if Brock Purdy's not going to be able to play in 2023 because of Tommy John surgery that Tom Brady can of worms is open again, I would say. Garoppolo can of worms. Yeah, I mean, one, <laughs> one of the two. Honestly, yeah. I... Are you looking forward to an offseason of potentially having all these conversations on the pod again for the third straight offseason? I am because we can just re-rack some. <laughs> we'll just, just run it back we'll take a week off and just republish old pods just republish old pods and then like insert 2023 instead yeah. of like 2022 just like but make like, it super obvious yeah but like well going into the 2023 season <laughs> i'm down jimmy garoppolo had a foot injury <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. There's no way they run it back with Jimmy, right? I don't know. Never I say never, but never say never, man. Would like would it be crazy if they did? Yeah. Yeah, it would be. Would it be? He played pretty well. Yeah, and then got hurt again. Yeah. The definition of insanity is the thing about doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. Right, but no, no, no. I no, think no, it's no. justifiable. No, no. It's justifiable no. if you have Trey Lance. I mean, the thing is, I don't know. Do you operate like, well, we just have to assume we're going to use three quarterbacks no matter what? Because it almost feels like the players have to operate that way. So wouldn't yeah. you rather just. <laughs> What's TJ Yates doing? Would you rather have TJ Yates than Jimmy Garoppolo? No. That's what I'm saying. If you go down the list, given the way Jimmy played, Hey, it's not the worst option in the world. No, 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 it's not. But I think after a season where you lose four quarterbacks to injury, bringing back your oft injured starting quarterback would be uh batshit. <laughs> so giving him, giving, giving him, there? giving him the starting job and paying him $35 million, I think would qualify as batshit. Yeah. Being like, Hey Jimmy, here's $12 million compete for come back and compete for the starting job. I don't think that's bad shit at all. I think that makes I think sense. You do that. I think it's, there's going to be a market for him. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably not giving Jimmy like 25 million a year, which like he might get from some desperate team that like misses out on Aaron Rodgers or something this off season or hell, maybe, okay. maybe the Packers are like, we, <laughs> maybe the Packers are, are trying to, Hey Jimmy Garoppolo and have him com- compete with Jordan Love or something. Totally. I don't yeah. know. But no, I'm just saying it's a possibility. Like we cannot It definitely is. No, we completely definitely. ruled out Jimmy Garoppolo going into last season. And he Yeah, came I'm back. not after after what happened last year, I'm not ruling anything out. Yeah, so we can't rule it like, out. I guess that's Steve Young coming back point. on the table. <laughs> have you seen him? He looks like he can still play. He looks like he can still play. Him you and Jerry, Jerry Rice? <laughs> Still run hey, some routes. Hey, you know who Daryl Tapp. 
Daryl Tapp looks like he could still play, bro. It's such, a back, it's such a backhanded thing to say about middle-aged old guys. Like, oh, Jerry Rice isn't fat. <laughs> like, yeah. Jerry, Jerry Rice, Rice is not obese at the moment. He's in pretty good shape for a 50-plus-year-old guy. You know, it's like, no, he cannot still play in the NFL, but he's not fat. You can hear him creaking while he's running those routes, man. <laughs> we love Jerry, friend of the pod. He's fantastic but i just i just cried let me let me let me don't hang on let me just put this on the let me just get this out he would cook me (laughs) in any athletic thing i need that to be like this is not a this is not a jerry rice is a normal human like no jerry rice is still the greatest football player of all time right and would still be awesome at every football thing compared to anybody i guess when you're in him when you're in our position and you're sort of like on the periphery and every time Jerry Rice is like around, which is basically every home game, everyone cool, says, that's yeah, cool, cool as hell that he does that. Absolutely. And everyone's like, oh, Jerry Rice can still play or it looks like he can still play. Like, it's just, <laughs> just a yeah. ridiculous thing to say. <laughs> we had somebody call into the, into the 95.7 postgame show tonight and he was like, he was like, he made some comment about like how even he could have gotten to Purdy on that play. I was like, mm. no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. Tyler right. Croft would sit you on your ass so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I just need that on the. I just need that out. I play- He's like, oh, I know. Like, is that what you said though? I was a sophomore on varsity, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what do you think is going to happen if if Purdy? So. Here's the thing. If Purdy, it's if it's a six-week injury, I expect Purdy to be the starter. Trey Lance would be the backup, at least going into the offseason program. And maybe the Niners sign a mid-level veteran. Like, I don't even know if Andy Dalton's available, but somebody of that ilk or quality, right? Like, sure. The Andy Dalton veteran, Brock Purdy, and Trey Lance, I think is a perfectly fine quarterback room to go into a season with, assuming Purdy's healthy. If Purdy's out, then I think you're going, you're thinking hard about bringing Jimmy back and you're thinking really hard about Tom Brady. And, and maybe Aaron Rodgers. Although I don't know. He's making so much money. He's making a lot of money. And I just don't know if Aaron Rodgers is like a personality fit. No, I don't think organizationally from a locker room standpoint, from Kyle Shanahan's standpoint, like, no, I don't think it would. He... And do they, th- here's the, here's the thing. I, this goes to Rogers and this goes to, again, on post people were trying to fire Kyle Shanahan and get Sean Payton. The Niners <laughs> don't have draft capital to get any of these people. Yeah. They can't trade a first for Payton. Cause they yeah, don't have it. They don't, they don't have it. And I guess they have a 2024, but but also, like, they're not firing Kyle Shanahan, so... Right. Well, and that, okay, so that was... Okay, but the champagne... But, like, the Aaron Rodgers thing, they're not going to have the draft capital to trade for Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. And I just can't imagine they would do that. When they're set up right now with with Trey Lance and Brock Purdy, conceivably making a combined, like, $10 million or whatever it is. Right. They're going to need a right tackle. They're going to need a slot cornerback slash safety. Potentially, they're going to need... Three interior linemen. Wow. A center and two right guards. Maybe a defensive tackle. Yeah. Yeah, Javon Kinlaw, Kinlaw, man. Javon Kinlaw just... Woof. He was not good on Sunday. (laughs) Tough, tough reps against the Eagles offensive line. He Um, might still be a really good player. He was not good on Sunday. He was not good. D'Amico Ryans is probably gone. D'Amico Ryans definitely gone. They were so like, good defensively. Yeah, it sounds like they're he's going to take the Texans' job, or at least he's a favorite for it. Um, he's in peace. Who would you hire? Vic Fangio going to the Dolphins, by the way, most likely. Or that's a that might be a done deal. I'm not sure. I'm a big Steve Wilkes guy. Yeah, I know you're a Steve Wilkes guy. I'm a a Giro Evero guy. He's also great, and if he's available, yes. Yeah, he's fantastic. But um, I just have a soft spot for Steve Wilkes because I think he's probably a really good football coach 
and he got one shot to be a head coach and it was a with a disastrous Cardinals team and they fired him after one year. Yeah. And I thought he just kind of got hosed. Yeah, I think Ajiro Evero is like reading up on him today. He's I read a piece in the Athletic about how he's been influenced by so many different coaches, defensive coaches, ranging from like Monty Kiffin to Raheem Morris to um you know, a bunch of other guys. And he can coach a lot of different schemes. Big Fangio, too, I think. And I think that just sort of aligns with what Kyle Shanahan's sort of looking for from a broad picture standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like somebody who's like, okay, like do what you want to do schematically, but we're still going to run the wide nine and Chris Kasurik's still going to be our D-line coach. And Mm -hmm. like, we're still going to have certain principles that we play with because that's what matches our personnel. Mm -hmm. And I think Evero has seen so much. and was also a former 49ers assistant at one point, but also like influenced by Monty Kiffin in the same way that Kyle Shanahan was like Kyle Shanahan's lens when it comes to defensive football is heavily influenced by Monty Kiffin because he, his first NFL job was with the Buccaneers on John Gruden's staff when Kiffin was there. Our favorite cast member, Nick Wagner, wrote an absolute banger of a story about that. Yeah. It's a couple of years ago. Yeah. And Nick's Christian McCaffrey piece this week was was really, really good on the trade and everything. That was very well reported. A lot of interesting details in there I hadn't I hadn't seen surface um, until that. So shouts to Nick. His uh his regular shout out on the pod. Um <laughs> ready to fit that in. Checks in the mail. <laughs> but no, I think a Giro Evero would be probably my preferred candidate if I were making the hire um, because it doesn't sound like I mean if they the Broncos did not offer him or did not move him up through the coaching search after interviewing him like they they were like yeah we're we're going a different direction I can't imagine after that he's like dying to come back as the DC yeah I would imagine probably not so if he's available I think he's he's about as good as you can do and the 49ers have to be just a super desirable spot given all the talent that they have. Like, oh, you can go be a DC on Kyle Shanahan's staff and coach Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. Like, yeah, that, that can make that work. Go fill a position that has now been vacated twice by guys who went on to be head coaches. Right. Yeah. And you get Nick Bosa and Fred Warner and Traverius Ward and Eric Armstead. Like, yeah, sure. Go do that. Yeah. What's your what's your takeaway from the season gonna be, you think? The the 49ers, barring health, are just going to kind of be in the mix for the next however many years. Yeah. They're just really good. And I think that they're organizationally, they are in a spot where they can just kind of keep churning out really good rosters. Yeah. And if... If there's like a leap, let's say Brock Purdy's going to play. But if there's some leap that he's going to take, then watch out. Yeah. He might be like at his ceiling. There might not be a leap. But if there is, man. Well, with what the offense looked like with Josh Johnson in there even, like that just kind of of goes to show how impressive Brock Purdy was. Like, oh, this was a third string quarterback. Like, no, he, he really was playing at a high level. Like, probably the highest level of play over that amount of time, including the playoffs that the 49ers have had since Jimmy Garoppolo came to the 49ers in 2017. Yeah. I think that's probably right. So this will always go down to me as like a, what if like, cause I thought it was the best group of skill position guys that Kyle Shanahan's had. The defense wasn't as good as 2019, but the offense was markedly better in my opinion. Um, and just the the level of experience this group had as opposed to 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the playoff run last year and having to win all those games at the end of the regular season, including week 18, was huge just organizationally, like big picture beyond just last season. Like one of the reasons why I had a certain level of confidence in this 49ers team was being like, well, 
yeah, they went and beat Aaron Rodgers, the MVP, at Lambeau Field last year with the defense playing completely lights out, mm-hmm. which came after beating Dallas on the road. Like, they probably should have beat the Rams. Like, if Jaquaski Tart catches that interception, they're probably going back to the Super Bowl <laughs> last year. And the Bengals were certainly a beatable team. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this year, I just thought it was with the way Purdy was playing, it was the best team that Kyle Shanahan's had to date. And so it would be a real shame if after, you know, 10 years from now, if they never get that Super Bowl, all this stuff will kind of be like invalidated. Yeah. You know, because it'd be like, well, they were really close, but they just never got there. Whereas right now, I think you and I are both in agreement like, no, this team could win a Super Bowl at some point. Like, they've been good enough to win Super Bowls. There's no reason to think that they won't just be back here next year. Well, if Brock Purdy can't play next year. Okay, but barring injury, you're right. (laughs) If Brock Purdy can't play and you're like, well, is Trey Lance going to be good? And maybe, look, maybe Trey Lance comes back and maybe he's awesome. Right. On the table. It's on the table. I don't know that I'm necessarily expecting it, but it would look, I think it would look a lot different than what, when, what Brock Purdy looked like. Definitely. So hopefully, I don't know, hopefully, uh, just tired of injuries, man. Just not a fun thing to talk about. I know it over and over again with this team, but no, it was a fun season. I, I think, Ultimately, like my big takeaway from the NFC title game will be that the run they went on was probably more improbable, probably more improbable. I could figure out a better way to say that was more improbable than we gave it credit for as it was happening. Yep. I think that's probably right. Want to know the good news? If my math is correct, the 49ers have the Mr. Irrelevant pick again. (laughs) So, ipso facto. So they'll just, okay. So, yeah, I feel better now. I mean, if Purdy's gone for the year, they'll just draft another one with Mr. Irrelevant and be right in the same spot. I'm going to go dig deep on the quarterback draft class. Right. Just find like the 12th best guy and be like, Shanahan's going to love him. <laughs> this is this is the guy. A little <laughs> undersized, not a great arm. Get him in here. But really smart. Loved by his teammates. Played a lot of football. And he needs to come from, like, Mizzou. Right. Or one nah, of those I don't like... know about Mizzou, but... Yeah, people from Mizzou suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh... <laughs> maybe, maybe a better school, like KU or something. <laughs> no, um... I think... Remember after the 2019 draft? And, like, during the draft, everyone was like, oh, everyone's looking for the next Debo Samuel. It's going to be more obnoxious this year. Everyone's going to be looking for the next Brock Purdy. There's going to be 17 quarterbacks taken on day three. Yeah, and they're going to be like analysts be like, well, yeah, I think he's got a little Brock Purdy to his game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Brock what a seventh round pick. We got this guy in round five. We think he's better than Purdy. Okay. <laughs> so, man. I don't know. I got nothing else to say about this game. Well, he's not right now. I don't either. Um, yeah, I'll need to need to go to sleep and kind of do another Kings game in Minnesota. It is negative one degree in Minnesota right now. What's the temperature outside? There's not one. <laughs> it is. <laughs> That's a Ron White joke. Shout out. Um, shout out to our guy Craig. Craig's uh, the best. Craig's our guy. Um, very loyal listener to the pod. Went out to lunch the other day. Talk shop, talk Niners, talk life. It was great. It was enjoyable. Craig, and if you're listening to this pod and you're not familiar with Craig, Craig is the guy. And if you're not familiar with him, you might have seen this. He wore the Shannon Sharp jersey to the Grizzlies Timberwolves game while sitting courtside after the whole Shannon Sharp Grizzlies beef. A plus trolling. Yeah, I thought that was great. Yep. Um, yeah, A-plus human. Been good to hang out with him this weekend. Uh, but yeah, we will have more 
more to come this week at some point. We're not going to do the producing on the pod thing that we do sometimes, but there will be more pod content coming out. We'll probably have to talk about a Brock Purdy injury, whether or not he's... I was going to say, I, I'm doing a podcast tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it might have to be early afternoon then. Bring your bring your mic to the office. Yeah, no, I bring it. I carry it with me all the time. Okay, perfect. Yeah, We'll have I'm... a break early oh. in this week. Oh, you cut out. Say that again. Then we'll have another pod for you early in this week. Okay, great. Yeah, the hotel Wi-Fi cut out just then. I'm glad that was the only real bad cutout we had during this episode. But um, yeah, fun season. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks to Cooperage. Uh, we had a title sponsor for the first time this year, which is really fun. That was dope. Maybe um, we'll, yeah. I'm not going to say it on the pod. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk off. We'll talk offline. But uh, no, thanks, everybody, for listening. The support for this podcast has been amazing it's It's been really cool to see people send us pictures of like buying the cooperage um candlestick chronicles hazy ipa which is also delicious like i it's you know it's we say it all the time it's a really good beer and the can looks amazing if you're a niners fan and if you like hazy's like it's awesome and so it's cool it's not just like a gimmick like oh hey buy this beer that's named after our podcast it's like no this beer is like really legitimately a plus my folks are not IPA drinkers and they like it. Yeah, no, it's good. I have so many people who, you know, are friends, but maybe not even necessarily Niners fans. We're like, dude, your the beer they made is really good. It's like, yeah, I wouldn't be also, hawking well, it on here if it was bad. I was so nervous because I, I had not had a hazy IPA that I was like gung ho about. Yeah, I didn't try to punch before they made this one. And I was like, this is going to suck if I don't like this. <laughs> I got to pretend to like it, but I, it, it didn't happen. I love it. Yeah. Um. While we're on this subject, I want to apologize to everybody out of state who we can't ship beer to. Mm. We just physically can't. It's against the law. Yeah. And I love you for listening and I love you for wanting to try the beer, but I'm not getting in trouble with law enforcement to send beer. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there will be... I don't know this for certain, but I think there's a pretty good chance that Candlestick Chronicles will continue to get to get remade so. by Cooperage. They, they did what crossed. three three runs this year? Is it three? Three. Yep. Yeah, three runs this year. I think they only pretty did dumb. they do one last year? Yes. Two? One. One. Yeah, they did one last year and three this year. So I think overall that's a good sign. So keep an eye out maybe over the summer when training camp starts from the fall well anyway we'll be in touch about this stuff but we're gonna get out of here goodbye everybody thanks everybody for listening it was a great season and we will have more content coming later this week so much content for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.